Hello, and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon from lead pastor Jamie Miller. Hey, everybody. Man, it's so good to see so many wonderful faces here today, and uh, just thankful that we can gather as the church, more grateful than ever, you know. I'm also grateful right now that I'm going to start sunning this side of my face. I was frying on this side, so if you need to adjust around, whatever. Uh, okay, that's, that's uh, I've got actually some stuff I need to dive right in here. Uh, ADS, if this is your season, we, our whole deal on that is we just pray that everybody at some point in your journey with us at Antioch would do the discipleship school. You know, and it, it really is a culture-shaping thing that we do here together as a church, and it affects that, that heart that we have for being disciples that make disciples that make disciples and being a life-giving, multiplying, reproducing, Christ-manifesting, Father's love-receiving, Holy Spirit-empowered church. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's just all mixed in there. I want to encourage you to, uh, we're going to be sending out an email church-wide this afternoon uh, and it has a video in there that I did. It was a clip from uh, the front line that we did just uh, a couple of three, four weeks ago, something like that here. It was the first time we'd gathered all our life group leaders together in person in a year. And so we just, we did some vision stuff. And I, and I want to just point you to that because it's a clear uh, message for how we're trying to move forward right now. And, and it is, we, and we are trying to move forward, and we have vision for moving forward, and with the Lord gave us a bunch of analogies and things I think that will be helpful for us. It's not just instantaneous, it's the way it was, it's going to be a process. Like, you know, astronauts coming back from outer space, or scuba divers rising up after being under tremendous pressure, you don't just pop up to the top, you, 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 you move together uh, with the bubbles, and, or you get the bends. And so uh, that's coming this afternoon. I really encourage you to give that a listen. And um, it's going to help us all keep our arms open wide for each other and move together. That's our desire. And uh, I, I love the construction language because, I mean, that's happening, but we are all under construction during this time. Can I get a witness out there? So open your Bibles if you would. Mark chapter 2, verse 23, we're going to be looking at that, pat, that little uh, paragraph or two there and all the way up to 3.6 in just a minute. But before I do that, I want to just do a little bit of, of review here just to kind of pull us in because this, the, Mark's gospel, it's one, there, there's one flow to it and there's some things that Mark is really trying to do that's really important. And he starts off at the very beginning and he says, this is the beginning of the good news about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. He's very explicit what this is. It's the gospel. It's the good news about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And he goes on and he quotes Isaiah. He quotes Malachi. God's going to come back suddenly to the temple. All of that's pointing to Jesus, by the way. So all of that's happening. And Jesus then is baptized. The Father pronounces his blessing over him. This is my beloved son. I love him. I'm well pleased with him. And the Spirit comes on him. And then Jesus goes out preaching the good news, proclaiming the good news of God. And what does he say? says, the time has come. Believe the kingdom. Believe in the kingdom. The kingdom of God is 
come near and believe in it. So repent and believe this good news. Now, I'm going to just say right here, that's not always the way we think about the gospel. And yet, that's explicitly what Jesus says. He says, the time's here. The kingdom is here. Repent and believe the good news. And what kind of stories going on where that makes sense? You got to ask yourself, what's going on where that story, where Jesus showing up and going, the kingdom's here, the kingdom's here, repent and believe the good news. What kind of story is going on where that makes sense? And it's a story about Israel. It's a story about Israel and their rejection of God as king. And Saul is anointed to be king, and then he steps out, and then David is anointed to be king, and David leads uh, as, as one after God's own heart. He wants to build a house for God, but God comes to him through the prophet Nathan, and he says, you're not going to build the house, but you're going to have a son who's going to build a house for me. Now, that's alluding to Solomon at one level, but it's in a bigger way pointing to Jesus Christ. He's going to build the house of God. And he's going to be a king who's going to sit on a throne and he will reign forever and ever. You know, just boom. It's incredible. So, that, so then Jesus comes, he's prophesied about, and he comes on the scene and he says, the kingdom of God is here. Repent and believe this good news. God's reign is here. And then the story goes on and Jesus goes around. He calls his disciples to him, kind of reconstitutes Israel, choosing 12 disciples. And then he goes around doing and showing what the kingdom is, healing people, casting out demons from people. He's taken over. He's got the authority. He's expressing that authority. We've talked about that, but it is like you guys, it's a tour de force of the kingdom of God. That's what Mark's gospel is. And it's, it's, it's not always visible, but you, if you look for it, you can see it. If you'll press in, you can see it. We're going to talk about this in a couple of weeks, even with the soils. It's right there, but not everybody's really looking. It's right there, but not everybody's really listening. And if you're new around here, some of this is going to sound like, whoa, and if you've been around a while, preaching the gospel of the kingdom is what we've been doing for 25 years. We had a brother come in and say, this is the word for you. This is a word for you. You will be a, a light and a beacon for the gospel of the kingdom of God. And so for all these years, we've been saying, you leave one kingdom and you come into another kingdom. You leave death and you come into life. You leave darkness and come into light. And it is the gospel of God's reign breaking into us right here and now. It's not the platonic eschatological separation of heaven, heaven and earth where earth is bad and we just need to get out of here. God actually wants to bring his reign about right here and right now. That future kingdom has literally broken back into this age in the life ministry, death, resurrection, and ascension of the Lord Jesus Christ. So all of that's going on. The Orthodox Church calls Mark's gospel, he calls it, they call him the herald of the mystery. Because if you look and keep looking and we keep our eyes on Jesus, we'll see more than we've ever seen. 
And so Sandy preached that message a couple weeks ago about God's justice breaking in through healing and making things right. Micah preached a message where Jesus comes to this, uh, the, the paralytic and he says, your son, your sins are forgiven. And then they ask, who can forgive sins but God alone? And that's it. I mean, it's, it's hidden, but it's there. Who can forgive sins but God alone? But so that you'll know, stand up and walk. And the guy stands up. And in that description of that passage, something there is introduced so that you'll know that the Son of Man has authority on the earth. And he introduces that term, Son of Man. And that's a big deal. He says he's the Son of Man. I want to read to you from Daniel chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. And this is what Jesus is alluding to there in talking about the Son of Man. In my vision at night, I looked, and there before me, Daniel says, was one like a son of man, coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the Ancient of Days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All nations and peoples of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away. And his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. That's the word of God. Amen. So, so then, you know, Jesus, he's pointing to himself. He's making that connection. But he doesn't explicitly identify what that means until the end of Mark. So flip over real quick to Mark chapter 14, verse 62. And there he's being questioned by the high priest. And the priest asks him in verse 61, are you the Messiah? Are you the Messiah, the son of the blessed one? And here's this great answer from Jesus, I am. And you will see the son of man sitting at the right hand of the mighty one and coming on the clouds of heaven. So all through this gospel, I'm just catching us up here, Again and again, Jesus is inviting us. Here's the main thing. Jesus is inviting us to look deeply at him. It's an invitation from God to look deeply at Jesus and his authority and to adjust our thinking and our hearts to him. And we need to adjust our, our thinking and our hearts because that's what gets messed up, right? Our thinking, I just had, I was thinking about this the other day, and I just kept, the phrase I kept hearing was co-opted. Co-opted, like our thinking gets co-opted. It gets co our imagination gets co-opted by advertising, by a thousand different images besides the image who is the true image of all images, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. But our imagination really does get co-opted by advertising, Social media. I mean, we talked about that last week. There's a thousand different stories, but we want the story of Jesus. Our, our thinking gets co-opted by movies and whatever. And we have to keep our eyes on Jesus so that our minds don't get co-opted. Because when our minds get co-opted, our hearts get hard to what really matters, to the things that really matter. And you're going to see that in these passages that we read today. Both of those things happen. Minds co-opted with a different idea, a different interpretation that doesn't look through the lens of Jesus. And hearts get hard and miss the humanity around us, 
the love that is supposed to mark us as mature disciples of Jesus Christ. Just bottom line, does love mark you? That's, that's where this is going. Does love mark us? Co-opted thinking, hard hearts. Whenever we announce the kingdom of God like this, plan on it challenging us. I, I wish it was just, you know, I could just do a little thing and just be happy. And, but it's going to challenge you. It just announcing the reign of God challenges the fallen part of us. Somebody say amen. amen. The gospel challenges us. And so the call then is to reorder our lives to Jesus Christ, the Son of Man, who is Lord of the Sabbath and Lord of all. So let's read this first passage. This first scene here is Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath. Chapter 2. Verse 23, one Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields, and as his disciples walked along, they began to pick some heads of grain. The Pharisees said to him, look, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? And he answered, have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? In the days of Abiathar, the high priest, he entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread, which is lawful only for priests to eat. And he also gave some to his companions. Then he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. And so the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. So what's going on here? The Pharisees, they've got a certain way of understanding what the Sabbath is about. They've got a certain way of understanding the doctrine around the Sabbath and what's going on there. And they were especially keen about the visible, they were kind of a renewal movement. They were kind of a revival movement that was going to hold on to the traditions. And so they were really concerned about the most visible things, the Sabbath, the temple, the purity laws, the food laws, you know. And so they felt like their belief was that if we could just do these things just right, then God would send the Messiah, now, the irony of all of that is that's what they're trying to do, and yet here's God, the Messiah, who's right in front of them. And they're, they're missing God when he comes to them. They're missing the time of visitation. And Jesus is pointing to his own identity. It's coded because, I mean, he's even talking about the Sabbath and the creation. It wasn't meant, it wasn't meant to be this way. It was meant to be rest and renewal. And, and not this thing that if we could just do it right, then God will come. And so, I mean, if you think about even the creation, man's created on the sixth day. Our first day is a Sabbath. You know, it's rest and renewal. Day one. So the point here is, and there are many, but the point is that the Son of Man is the Lord of the Sabbath and creation and everything, what God is saying here to us is that he wants us to look at life, look at the Bible, look at everything through the lens of Jesus Christ. That's how we understand rightly what the Sabbath is. That's how we understand rightly about the temple. That's how we understand rightly about the scriptures. That's how we understand rightly about God himself. He is revealing himself in the person of Jesus Christ. So he's exactly like Jesus. There is no unchrist likeness in God. That's the truth, by the way. 
To see me is to see the Father. Go through so many scriptures on that. But they've got a different vision from Jesus. They see things going a different way. And ultimately, they want to throw off the Roman rule and oppression. And they were missing this. They were, let me say it this way. They were imposing their interpretation of scripture on Jesus. Rather than letting Jesus interpret the scriptures for them. Now, this is, this is foundational for us as a people, is that we don't take our doctrines and then force them on Jesus. We look at Jesus who then shows us what true doctrine should look like. So th that's really a bit, it's a big deal. And I want to drill down on that just a bit more to, to help us see, because we're not always arguing about the Sabbath, but there's other stuff we argue about. There's other stuff that we take a presupposed idea about God and then maybe we look at Jesus on it or maybe we don't. You know, one that's divided the church down through the centuries is the sovereignty of God. The sovereignty of God. And there's all different kinds of things you can say about the sovereignty of God, but are you saying those things because you're looking at Jesus? Or are you saying those things because that's what you think absolute power ought to look like? Uh, that's, a, that's a thinker thing because if we take our idea of what absolute power is and sovereignty, we'll likely create a God behind the God that Jesus reveals that's not really God. So you, you just have to think about that because my idea of absolute power may not look like Jesus Christ dying for the sins of the world. That's how God chooses to use absolute power. And that's why we have to keep looking at Jesus to understand what sovereignty looks like. Because it looks like God standing at a tomb of a friend that he loves and weeping. Whoa. Just everybody's got to think. And so we look, we take, we take our, our doctrine and we make sure that we're looking through the lens of Jesus to formulate that doctrine. There's so much going on right now about race and racial reconciliation. Are we talking about those ideas and then maybe salting a little bit of Jesus on it? Or are we looking through the lens of Jesus Christ in order to understand how does Jesus feel about our interactions with different ethnicities and different nationalities and different races, all of that whole conversation because we know that he died for every single person. That's how he feels about them. Is unsurpassable value and worth and love. Since we're just on the, just everybody's getting real quiet. How about women? How about gender stuff? I mean, does, 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 uh, do we form our ideas? We go to some Bible verses and form our ideas about, about women based on cultural things, based on the way it's kind of been in the past, or do we look through the lens of Jesus? How did Jesus feel about women and their gifting and their giftings? Half the church is y'all, and Jesus is for you. He's for your gifts. They're not the spiritual gifts, they're, I, I can't tell that they're like gender specific. That's right. 
Okay. Oh, no. My iPad shut down because of the temperature. Uh, my notes. Yeah, awesome. Wow. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> thank you, Lord. <laughs> I'll get it open in a minute. Technology, man. Okay. I've said enough on point one. Let's go to number two here. Jesus heals on the Sabbath. Let's read that one. Thank you, James. Chapter three, verse one. Did, okay, so did I, did I wrap that? Did y'all understand? It's looking through the lens of Jesus to form our ideas and understandings and interpretations, not only about the identity of God, but how to interpret Scripture. This is kind of a little hermeneutics lesson here today. All right. Um, chapter 3, verse 1, Jesus heals on the Sabbath. God, he's going to take it to the next level here. Another time, Jesus went into a, the synagogue, and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Some of them were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus. So they watched him closely to see if he would heal on the Sabbath. And Jesus said to the man with the shriveled hand, stand up in front of everyone. Then Jesus asked them, which is lawful on the Sabbath? to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill. But they remained silent. He looked around at them in anger and deeply distressed at the stubbornness of their hearts. And he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out and his hand was completely restored. And then the Pharisees went out and began to plot with the Herodians how they might kill Jesus. And so he's just made this point about the Sabbath being made for man, and now he's saying that the point of the Sabbath isn't about doing this, just kind of doing this thing externally. It's about the renewal and the flourishing of humanity. That's the point. Is it to do good or not? Is it to save life or not? Is it to help one another, serve one another, love one another? But when the thinking is off, in our minds, when our minds have been, so their minds, they had a different vision, they had a different idea on, in their minds about what was going on, and when our thinking gets off, then our hearts can get off. And so they literally go to the synagogue, and they're looking for a reason to accuse Jesus. And I just, again, a couple things for us to guard against that are in this passage. One is accusation, and the other is hard hearts, stubborn hearts. And we have to guard ourselves against both of those things. You know, on the accusation piece, I, I just want to say that uh, I started watching more news uh, when, when the pandemic started, right? And I just, I, I needed to know what was going on. And man, I discovered a bunch of stuff. I'm like, one thing I discovered is these guys are saying the exact opposite thing of these guys. Anybody ever? Yeah. The and some nods. But then I found myself over time kind of just jumping in with some of the accusation, you know, just kind of jumping on the pile. There's people jumping on and I just, you know, jump on too. Just jump on the pile, you know, and just the accusation. And, just, and I, I started catching myself with accusation flowing out of my mouth. And I'm, 
you know, I've studied the scriptures enough and I've read Revelation 12 enough that the name of Satan is the accuser of the brethren, the accuser of the brothers and sisters. And so when I read, like in that passage, they were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus. It's, it's the working of the devil in and through them, that against Christ kind of thing. And, and, and just, let me just throw this out there. We've got to guard against it because whenever, whenever we find ourselves pointing fingers in a way that is accusing others, and especially in the church, oh Lord, help us, have mercy, Lord, that we would not be participants in that spirit. You know, and in our fallenness, we can do it. And there's a whole lot of judging that can be done in the name of discernment, right? And, you know, so the, I just, and I feel that, I feel that tension in myself, you know, because I'm, I'm trying to lead, I'm trying to make decisions and right judgments and to follow the Lord. But it's just a fine line between I'm discerning what's right and crossing that line into judgment. And here's the thing, we can't judge other people and love them at the same time. It's part of the fall. That's literally one of the key aspects of the fall is that Adam and Eve wanted to regain, they wanted to have the right to judge for themselves. And I can't love other people with God's love when I'm judging them. Again, these are not, it's not new if you've been around a while, but I just, this is core stuff about the authority of God getting worked out in our lives. And for us to work out the authority of Jesus, we want to have the love of Jesus. We want to not participate in the spirit of accusation that is the name of the devil himself, the accuser of the brothers and sisters, the brethren. And so that's huge. And then this, uh, this additional piece here is uh, about the stubborn hearts. I've got an old friend I haven't seen in years now, Jack Deere. And uh, he says, you know, God will offend the mind in order to reveal the heart. It, that is just, you know, like Jesus has done some things that have offended the Pharisees. It's not the way they thought it should be. And it revealed the hardness, the stubbornness of their hearts. Lord, have mercy. As we are walking in your kingdom, have mercy on us. That when things come that we don't, just because we haven't experienced it or seen it or done it or understood it, there are so many things in the life of Jesus that really will offend our minds. And he wants us to respond with repentance and tenderness in our hearts, a heart of love and tender response. Again, the great irony is that the Pharisees then go out and plot with the Herodians. I mean, think about that. The, the Herodians are the puppets for the, the, the they're, uh, the, they're the puppets for, the, for Rome. And so they're, King Herod and his family, they're ruling, but they're totally under the, the thumb of the Romans. And so for the Pharisees then to go out and plot with the Herodians, who they ultimately want to overthrow about how to kill God in the flesh, it's just a mind-boggling deal. But that, that's what, what goes down. So what does this mean? 
I think it already means a lot, but, but I, I want to encourage us uh, a couple thoughts. Is that when we announce the kingdom of God, like I'm standing up here and I'm proclaiming that Jesus Christ is the Son of Man who is Lord. When we proclaim the kingdom like that, it's going to mean change. It's going to mean an adjustment in our thinking. It's going to mean an adjustment in our hearts. So all of that is happening every time we stand. And I, I, I literally had somebody in the uh, sermon planning time, we get together and uh, part of the reason we do that, you guys, is we believe that theology is done best in conversation. And so we, there's a sharpening that happens when you get an idea in your head. I remember years ago, Yancey, I, I assume you're watching, uh, I haven't seen him here today, but uh, Dr. Yancey Smith, I'd say, I'd get all fired up about something, say, blah, blah, and he goes, yeah, yeah, but have you considered <laughs> some other angle? And the fullness of life is together in the body of Christ. He's head over all things for the body, the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. That's where the fullness is. It's together. Yes. And so, Jesus is the Son of Man who is Lord. And practically for us, you guys, that means that we are passionately seeking to follow Jesus in order to understand God, the Scriptures, and His purpose for humanity, His purpose for Fort Worth, His purpose for Texas, His purpose for this region, His purpose for the United States, His purpose for planet Earth. We want to seek Jesus so that we can adjust our lives to his lordship. And if that sounds different than you believed something when you were 12 or 18 or 20 and you, the promise to go to heaven when you die, that's great. That is just such a truncated, just vanilla, least common denominator thing that we could say about when he really actually wants to rule on the TCU campus and he wants to rule in Fort Worth. And he wants to rule on planet earth. He wants to rule in and through us. He's, heaven belongs to the Lord, but the earth he's given to man. He wants to bring redemption and righteousness and peace and grace and love to planet earth. So that's going to affect our thinking. It's going to affect the way we look at media. It's going to affect the way we do social media posts. Please, God, help us. It's going to affect the way we watch movies. It's going to affect the way we watch TV. It will affect the things we read and digest into our minds and into our hearts. And this heart thing, I just, we hit it last week. Those disciples, were not our hearts burning within us? It's burning heart time, you guys. Our life group leader on Wednesday night asked us, he said, did some different things, but then he said, Hey, when was the last time your heart was burning for Jesus? When was the last time your heart was burning? And, and this, you guys, is a, it is a word for us right now. It's time to stir our hearts up with love and passion for Jesus Christ. That's what time it is. It's time for our co-opted thinking to get back under the lordship of Jesus Christ. It's time for our hardened hearts and, 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 and frustrated hearts and all that to get tender and responsive in his presence with his people. 
That's what the Lord is calling us to. Soft, tender hearts. And because when we do that, it's going to affect our whole lives. Thinking hearts, lives. Thinking hearts, lives. Our actions are going to flow out of what we think. Our actions are going to flow out of what's going on in our hearts. And we're in a battle. We're in a battle to just get us numbed, satiated, co-opted over here in the concentration camp of numbness. And Satan wants to do it with all of Fort Worth. And Satan wants to do it with the world. But Jesus is the one in whom all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to him. And he is now saying, be empowered. Be empowered. Walk as a God's authority people on planet earth. When we announce the kingdom like this, it pretty much always means change. So Lord, stir it up. Stir it up. Stir it up in my heart. I, I'm just, uh, I'm just tell you something right out of quiet time. Uh, just, just, I've been playing on repeat. Carrie Job's, she did a, a record a CD, whatever they're called, a recording. Golly, eight-track tape, cassette tape. She did a recording last fall, and I've just been wearing it out. The songs are like First Love, Embers, Obsession, the, do the old delirious tune, uh, uh, The Blessing, um, um, In His Presence, and I Rest, and uh, Fear, uh, No Fear. Just, uh, just, I've been singing this song. Turn your eyes to Jesus right here, right now, no fear. Turn your eyes to Jesus right here, right now, no fear. You're welcome, Carrie, for that plug. Listen to, I, it just, it's been stirring my heart. I've been worshiping, listening again and again, but I need my heart getting soft. It's get our hearts soft time. It's, it's, it's passion time. But we do that in our own walk with him, everybody needs that. I just, I can't, I can't pour it in. I can't make it happen. But, but we can turn to him and then we can turn to one another. And again, I need to stop. But, but I'm realizing there are so many rhythms of normal life that have gotten messed up for me in the last year that I relied on for intimacy with Jesus, being with my brothers and sisters, being in prayer meetings all the time, worshiping the Lord, being in worship environments. And it's coming back, but we've got to, in this time where we, we haven't fully, you know, gotten back together, then we can stir it up privately. Stir it up. And, and then we're, we're coming back together. We're coming, and it's, it's going to happen. And our best days aren't pre-pandemic. Our best days are out in front of us. Our best days are out in front of us. So just absolutely huge. I think I'm, Lord, be the Lord of our thinking. Be the Lord of our hearts. Stir it up in us. Renew our thinking. Soften our hearts. Bring passion, Lord, to worship the worship of your name. You are the Son of Man who is Lord. Amen. Okay, so... We're actually going to stand up, if you would, and we're going to pray for each other. That is, if you want prayer. And so we've got a ministry team that's coming up here. They're going to have masks on, and you can have a mask or not if you come for prayer. Uh, they're going to be comfortable praying for you. Don't come if you don't feel comfortable. Um, but, and if you're new to the church, I know we've got a lot of people who are like, what's ministry time? <laughs> you know, because we, we, have, we haven't been able to do it in a while, Right. 
but we believe there's power that's released in prayer and that people get healed and people receive God's love and people give their lives to Jesus in times just like this. And we believe that there's one of the basic things of our faith is laying on hands and that power is released. Faith is released. Love is released when we lay on hands. And so uh, we're just going to take some time here to pray right now. And, and specifically, that Jesus would be the Lord of your life, just in a refreshed, renewed way. If you want to get prayer about that, come and get prayer. If you want to get prayer about your, your thinking, just a, I, need a, I need a new mind. I need, I've been co-opted in some areas. Then let's get prayer about that. And if it's about your heart, I mean, you guys, all of us could get prayer about all these things, right? But, but if you really feel like, hey, I need to get prayer about that today, then come and get prayer. And if you need prayer for healing or anything else, again, God answers prayer. And we, he said, pray for, ask me in my name and I'll do it and I'll bring glory to the Father. So Lord, meet us here today as we respond to you these next few minutes, just on this beautiful day. We're thankful, God. We're thankful we get to do this. And now, Lord, even in ministry, let it be an open heaven, a thin space between heaven and earth. Let your kingdom break in, change hearts and lives. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. You guys, just we're going to worship. Feel free to come. If you want to pray with somebody you came with, that's be a better thing than do that. Amen. Amen. Be bold. Amen. Be hungry. Amen. We love you, Lord. There's none like you. There's none like you, Jesus.
doing right now. Oh, for what you're stirring up right now. For what you're healing right now, Jesus. For who you're setting free right now. Thank you. of God. It's good to be together, you guys. Just so thankful for you. Um, as you, as you go, just even as we're literally uh, outside of the walls, let's go and be God's people today. Be the kingdom people outside of the walls He's called us all to be. May the Lord bless you. May His face shine on you. May you go out of here with His life and joy and peace and share it as kingdom people in Jesus' name. Amen. Love you guys. Go in peace.